This is the At 530 on Main podcast. I'm Sean Collins. And I'm Mike Davis. And we're here to discuss the convergence of digital and physical experiences in today's world. With Extend Group as an expert in designing online experiences and VPS Architecture, an expert on creating physical experiences, you will hear unique discussions on technology, theory, and more that merges our separate areas of expertise into one podcast experience. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy today's At 530 on Main podcast episode. We are in the Extension Studio. As I said, we have Matt Hadley with us today. He is with APEC Indie. He's the Director of Business Development and is responsible for developing relationships in community by sharing the APEC story, building go-to-market strategies, and leading the business development team. He also partners with firms, uh, other senior managers to collaborate with commercial developers, architects, project managers, engineering firms, and general contractors to deliver environmentally, environmental due diligence services, geotechnical consulting services, construction material testing services, and other environmental services. He has over 23 years of work experience building client relationships in the community. He sits on uh, multiple boards here within his community. Um, you want to speak about a few of those? Yeah, so uh, recently, actually, as this year, I'm proud to say that I joined the uh, Best Buddies of Indiana sitting on that board, and that's uh, truly an honor for me as I had a good friend that was uh, a very uh, avid um advocated I guess I should say for uh, best buddies and mm-hmm. uh, he he passed away late last year and uh, it, it it's it's just an honor to kind of carry on his legacy through that program uh, also involved with the United Way quite a bit I sit on the steering committee there for the United Way um, and you know my passion is really to help others and, and and give back in the community and make an impact where I'm able to so love that love that yeah um, Matt if you would uh, tell us a little bit about APEC Indy yeah, for sure. So you did a really good job. We're a geotechnical engineering, uh, environmental consulting, and construction material testing firm. So uh, we partner with, uh, again, like you mentioned, developers, architects, anyone that's really involved in commercial development from the ground uh, to construction, right? So what, an easy way to say a 30,000 foot view is subsurface and below is everything that we do. So we're doing testing to make sure you know, environmentally you're clean and mm-hmm. and whatever the structure is going to be built, uh, we're able to partner with architects like Mike's firm and, and other engineering firms to make sure that uh, the plans go as, as planned and you don't discover an uh-oh moment that I'm sure Mike can appreciate that you get into some digging of dirt and you find $300,000 worth of crap, I guess, for <laughs> yeah. lack of a better word. It literally sometimes <laughs> is crap. It? Yeah, what are you going to do with it? So we come in and partner uh, and make sure that that does not happen. Or if it's going to happen, we've got a plan to, to, to remediate that. Yeah. So as you talk about that community involvement and relationship building and all that, you know, how is that uh, personal passion of, you know, getting into the community, knowing building those relationships and how are you connecting that with with the the story yeah. through apex yeah for sure so i won't bore the whole details of, of the background of that but i'm a firm believer in relationships are the most valuable asset we have right 100 percent. and the way that ties in uh to apex and my story journey there is i've known greg one of the owners for about 13 years i was a banker my past history <laughs> as a banker i was his banker he was my client uh, 12 years ago or so yeah so speaking of relationships we've stayed friends for the last 13 years 
back in May of 20. We kind of sat down and talked about some stuff. It made sense for him, made sense for me, and here we are, you know, almost two years later now. Um, and, you know, I remember going back and joking with Greg. I'm like, dude, I'm not an engineer. I'm not an environmental guy. I don't know any of that stuff. He said, I don't need you to know that. I need you to do what you're doing, which is going out building relationships in the community, meeting people, um, telling our story and building a brand for us, yeah. and then we'll teach you the rest, right? And and now I'm proud to say they've done a really, really good job of connecting the dots for me on able to talk to people like Mike and say, when someone asks me, hey, do you do whatever, phase one environmental side assessment, <laughs> for example? That's a very basic one, but yes, and I can speak to that now. Um, and, it, and it's good. It's a good time, right? But I'm a firm believer that if you don't have a solid foundation of relationships first, none of the other stuff matters because you're never going to yeah. be able to get work together. So I was going to say, that being said, don't bring them a bag of dirt and say, yeah. what's in this soil? <laughs> <laughs> that's the other guys, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, as you know, we kick off 2022 and, and talk about the experience of, of the industry, um, what are some some key points you're looking forward to as we we get started here? Yeah, I mean, when I look at things, there's you, people always ask the question: Did everything? Did anything ever slow down during the pandemic? And the answer is no, right? Like we had some clients that say, eh, towards the end of 2020, they said, let's put a little slight pause, and then 2021 happened. It's like it just started, right? But it's, it never really, really ever slowed down. And the thing about Indiana, uh, especially in Indianapolis market, is industrial and multifamily. It seems like it's just is, is blowing up. It's exploding. I was talking to a client yesterday uh, before I came down to Evansville, and he was mentioning the thing is, is it's it's cool to see now that kind of the shift, you know restaurant office is going away but he he's getting creative he was a broker actually he's getting creative and and talking to industrial clients about taking an old office space converting that into a industrial space however that works that's that's mike's expertise right how you can convert a office space into a industrial but that's kind of cool because we're not that way we're not tearing down buildings that can have historic value like this one or we're doing you know we're we're repurposing things that still have value and, and probably um utilizing space pretty efficiently that way so that's that's been something cool that i've seen kind of happening over the last year or so and going in this year specific specifically because it seems like everywhere i drive in indy uh there's dirt being moved everywhere right yeah. and stuff happening everywhere so yeah even if it went on pause it's it just it was a true pause it didn't go away yeah. now everything's backed up and you're just trying to get stuff moving right yeah and, and okay great we had capacity four months ago but now we got to shift gears because it's coming back around, right? Yeah. And the, we're seeing a lot of that. And even with trying to predict the future, you brought up office space. And yeah. Seeing some clients regret that. They got rid of it, and now they're like, oh, crud. Now they're trying to shift gears and find it again, even if it's just half the size it was, yeah. right? But that human interaction is lacking, and then it's, they see it's hurting productivity. Yeah. That and windows. Right. You know, looking at spaces, they don't have windows. They don't have natural light. They're like, it sucks. Like, no kidding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think people want to be back in the office, right? Like, people want to interact yeah. with people. I don't care how introverted or extroverted you are. I, I feel, and my, my opinion is, you still want to be around people. Now, in my, for me, it was disastrous. I'm a high-energy guy, a very extroverted high-energy guy. So when pandemic first happened, and they, for two months, we had to shut down and be closed in. Yeah. An analogy was made earlier. It's like, if you put Matt, if you, 
give Matt the pandemic and say, hey, you can't go out of your house it's like putting a raccoon in a trash bag. Right? <laughs> so <laughs> so it, it is. It's rough, yeah. right? I mean, and for two months, that was tough. But I, I really uh, I, I see it all coming back. And I agree. I think people really want to be in an office and interacting with each other. So, so you think we, we looked at it as we tried to over-innovate, <laughs> got all into this, you know, we're going to be like we are the new, ver- this is the new norm. And now, like, we're rethinking what we thought the new norm was or is and building that hybrid model that we probably it's kind of the you know two extremes probably floating around a little bit there well right? not, i'll show i'll throw in our world is um well designed you know and really people biophilic design really people really were forced to get an understanding of what it means like if you have an office it's not just 12 offices and what your building's got to be healthy to make your staff healthy, to make everything, how all that connects. I think people, it's like everything, using virtual, you know, and using the uh, the Teams meetings and all the different meeting platforms that people understood. I don't need to have 50 meetings to travel to. So I think it forced people to understand that, yes, we still need the office because we need that social interaction for health, yep. well-being, as much as just getting work done. Well, and probably for you, and this is above my knowledge, this is more architectural, is the design of buildings, right? You speak of virtual yeah. meetings now, but some of these some of these companies are probably getting pretty creative with whole entire conference rooms that are becoming virtual right. rooms, right? And things like that. So it's probably kind of cool on your side to be able to design some new virtual meeting rooms and things. So. Well, you're integrating a Sean over here in the technical digital yeah. side of things and saying, how do we make this work, yep. you know, not only for our employees, but so it's also functional when you're having all these meetings from one meeting to the next because it doesn't feel like meetings went away yeah i just don't they they sit there and go well now you don't have to travel 30 minutes an hour oh i can have four meetings like yeah okay that doesn't really work either because you gotta have some pause here yeah. you gotta reflect on what the meeting was about what we talk about and yeah, you miss, you know, with the, the digital, you do miss a lot of those, you know, nonverbal communication pieces, you know, the, the, the body language and the things that happen there. But we were in Nashville yesterday doing site recon for, uh, you know, a client, and we were looking around. And the one thing that the organization did well is they basically turned every bit of their, you know, retail space into almost a video production-like room. I mean, there was you could tell there was a strategy between, okay, we are in a retail space versus we are in a retail teaching and consumer education uh, mindset where the lighting was very specific. And you could see where you would be in a, in a certain area and it was lit and had all the the merchandise that for a certain area of emphasis. And then but it blended well in with the rest of the display. And then, oh, there was another intentional space. In the time that we were there, they actually utilized that space twice. They went and picked a few things up off of the shelf and then they went and put it down on the counter or the table that they had there. And then they shot a quick YouTube video of that content for the day. And then they moved on to, hey, let's have, and then right over on the other side, there was a, hey, give me some general education about what the industry is looking at in this. And they just walked through what was, you know, a retail space, but it was, it was, you could tell that they had emphasis on audio, making sure that there wasn't a lot of audio bounce. The lighting was very specific and they were able to control that area by just the the flow of traffic within the retail space and at the same time there's all kinds of other stuff and training going on in the background 
So, um, yeah, I mean, we're we're always going to be in that now, I think, uh, as we get into, you know, can you be at the meeting, yes or no? There's still going to be some accountability right. of, yeah, I, well, I have three meetings that day. I'm traveling here and there. I still need you to attend virtually. And the thing that we find is that audio experience and really the ability for the person that's on the other end, not to hear, have it sound like it's in the tin room and the, like we want to give as much quality to them as they are going to be there because they're trying to be present while they're moving so that they can hear some of that, that conversation so that they're not going back getting third party knowledge and mm -hmm. looking at the meeting notes trying to catch up. So, but we don't want that to be a distraction because that experience of, you know, all the ding ding in and the, you know, I can't, what did they say? Could you repeat that? Yeah. That gets on everybody else's nerves back. So it is, how do we make that digital experience in that room just as meaningful as if, if they can be there? Because a lot of people will say, well, I have six meetings stacked up today. If I were to like literally make those all in person, I would only get three. That's so right. I want my productivity to be up. So I'm going to do it that way, but but give me the experience on the other end that makes it feel like I'm there. Yeah, because in our world, it's like probably 60% of our meetings are just updates. Yeah, yeah. They get to a point where it's like where everybody's being updated. Okay, got it. Any quick major questions? Okay. And the other 40%, if you're not having them in person, they become just a mess. Yeah, I would agree 100%. Like all the meetings when I'm going out to meet with a potential client, I, I like to have those in person if possible, right? Um, it's just the personal touch is, is much better than a screen, right? Yeah. But updates, yeah, updates to somebody that you see regularly or on a project that you have to have, I don't know, Mike, what is it, five, six different meetings about updates on here or there yeah. or whatever. Those can definitely be virtual, but the... Face to face when you're meeting with clients uh, on a first time would, would oh, be, yeah. is, is definitely huge, right? Uh, regardless of what COVID brought out or whatever it is on virtual wise and all this, you know, all the media and all of these things, uh, face to face still has a ton of value. I love that. Yeah, so it's a good segue. And how do you, you know, there's a, we're talking about physical connection, right? Yep. And how do you physically connect your product, your service, really, yep. is what we provide. Uh, and that experience, because you're you're kind of building it, but you're also connecting it at the same time mm -hmm. along the way. And how do you do that? I, you know, it takes a. I always say, I always tell everyone, it takes a special person to be a BD guy or girl, right, lady. I mean, it really does. You got to have first of all, you got to have the commitment and knowledge of what you're talking about. But more importantly, I mean, it takes energy. It takes great conversation and communication skills to be able to connect all those dots. Uh, what I've learned in my journey of building relationships is not everyone's gonna like you and you're not gonna be able to work with every single person, right? So there's gotta be connectivity, like Mike, that, that word you used to, to make sure that it does make sense, right? We could have the best product and service in the entire world which I believe that we do, you know, so, you know, and VPS can have the greatest product and service in the world. Uh, if we don't connect um, through our first initial conversation, we probably won't ever work together. And that's okay. That doesn't make either one of us bad people. It just means that there's something there that's just like either Matt's got way too much energy and I'm an introverted engineer or whatever it is, right? And it's like, yeah, it doesn't work. So trying to deliver the message, I, I've learned to make sure that uh, to speak to your audience too, right? Like if I'm talking to an engineer, I've had to learn that, like, look, dude, they're not extroverts like you. You got to calm down. You got to be more mellow. Talk, talk, not down to someone, but talk on the same level, right? You got to be able to feel the room. I guess is what I'm trying yeah. to get at there. So, what, what tool up? is that, Mike? Do it. What, what tool, tool is, that? is that? Yeah, 
Yeah, there's what are you a challenge of me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm one. Yeah, what giant uh, tool is that? Influence model, that. character, Influence chemistry, model. competence, yeah. and credibility. There's that. You mm-hmm. have to know who you know, what voice is there, which ones they value, in order for that first, you know, self-preservation wall to come down, yep. and then then you can start to get to that relationship that builds that long-term uh, connectivity. Yeah. So yeah, it's like you, as you said, know what's in the room, know what voice order you're really going you know to speak to and then being able to meet them halfway because i mean if you go there with a, an introvert for like four hours what are you thinking my god can come on dude you need, <laughs> yeah. here here's coffee here's a monster energy drink here's well, whatever right like really what you're thinking is you're going okay i gotta get uh let me see who can i bring <laughs> with me the next oh, time yeah that's gonna connect with this person because yeah. They want to see the engineers. They want to see the guys doing right. the work and not. Yeah. So in my position, it, it's tough, right? Like I know I can reach out to a, a, another BD individual in any organization. We're all pretty similar. But then I know at the end of the day, do we make the hiring decision on who they who we use? No, it's somebody like Mike, right? So, for example, I met Mike before I even met Andrea. So, you know, but I feel like, you know, he and I had a pretty good conversation. We've done work together already. So that I feel like it went well. And now we see each other quite a bit, right? But yeah. the point I'm getting on in that is if I don't know Mike already and I have to meet it, not have to, I get the pleasure of meeting with the BD person first. Yeah. That's fine. Right. Cause we're going to relate. Cause we're going to have that great energy. We're going to share that. And then it's just making sure that at the end of the conversation, we bring it all together and say, Hey Mike, who's the person in your organization that would make the decision to hire someone like us to do your upfront due diligence process? Yeah. So, so when you look at that, how, how do you transition that experience if it's not and still, you know, build that bridge between that connection where it's not like, oh, on to the next one, you know, and you don't have that anymore. Like, oh, I'm very, you know, very accidental. And I know you're, you're the BD person, you're the BD person. But then, you know, they tell you, oh, well, at the end of the day, Jim is going to make the final decision and not from that present, you know, innovative mindset going just to Jim and then cutting out that that value that was brought to the table there. I, I believe it's a lot like what Mike said, right? Maybe you bring multiple people to the meeting, right? Maybe it's me as the BD, my actual engineer, and then it's Mike and his whoever else needs to be involved in the meeting, right? It, or wh- whoever I'm meeting with is to make sure that there's going to be, again, it goes back to work connectivity. Yeah. So if I'm talking to the engineer, they don't relate to me, but they're going to relate to my engineer, you know, and they can, what I call the word nerd out, whatever it is, sorry, <laughs> if that, whatever you want to call it, right? On stuff that I have no knowledge on, right? Like they're going to be able to relate and talk all the subsurface stuff. But I'm also here in the same, you know, the same meeting, and we have, I've got another BD person that we can talk about, you know, the industry, who we know. Because it's amazing now that uh, the circle has closed a lot now, or it's, the world's shrunk quite a bit since I got into my role about two years ago. And it's like now I see all of the same people. We know each other. We probably, I feel pretty confident saying people know what each other does now. And it's just a matter of closing that circle, right, to your point. And yeah. who do you bring into the room, right? Um, so that's that's kind of my take on that. So, And keeping those relationships up. That's right. You know, that's the... That's the hardest part in our world, I think, too. It's easy to dive into the work and, oh, we got plenty of work, pipeline's great, and then you forget, yeah. oh, crud, we got to keep these relationships going. That's where, like, yeah, like Matt, Andrea, for us, it, it's they keep those relationships going. They keep us going even when we're buried, you know, in work, which is a good thing. Yeah. It's a positive thing. It means you guys are doing your job and doing what you're supposed to. And 
prime example of that. We had a meeting this morning before I came to the podcast, and we, we flat out asked, hey, why aren't you guys using APEC? And it's, well, you guys weren't front of mind, right? So to mm-hmm. Mike's exact point, if I'm not doing a good job of follow-up, it's I'm really starting all starting the wheel all over again. Now i got to start all over again, build a relationship again with whoever it is. So it was a great takeaway for me at that meeting we just had this morning of like, okay, I need to that you're telling me nonverbal clue, clues or verbal clues that yeah. I need to send you a message probably every month just to stay front of mind because yeah. I believe that the most present person wins every time, right? Do I have a lot of competitors? Absolutely, 100% I do. They all do great work. I feel, though, if I'm the most present and the last person you remember seeing, I'm going to be the person that you call, right? Because they told me, this last guy that I met with said, I just call whoever's next on speed dial. Yeah. Well, I want to be next on your speed mm-hmm. dial, so how do I do that, right? And I run into Mike and Andrea now quite a bit. They're up in Indy. Now we're down here. You know, it, it's good, and that's fostering a relationship, right? So I was honored when he said, hey, come be do be on the podcast. And then, you know, it's, it's been good. I We've made a use of these two days that we've been down here in Evansville uh, with some folks that Mike introduces to. Again, that's part of relationships too, right? How can we help each other? I mean, he connected me to competitors. Let's just be candid here, and that's okay, right? Because we're still going to be able to help each other out. And there's other ways that we can do that, right? So There's definitely enough of that pie out there. So when you, mm-hmm. I was just on a webinar that I, I had at, at 8 this morning, and it's all about, you know, the great resignation, retention equals attraction. Like before we, we go and try to innovate and attract all these new people, let's make sure that in our workforce, everyone in, in the culture is already valued, appreciated, and understood so that they really become that spinoff, you know, that, recruiter, if you will, of, hey, man, you know, we, we, it's not all about the vacation days and, and, you know, the time that, you know, I get to use the condo or all the bonuses or all those things. Like, they understand me as a person, as an individual, all that. So um, one of the individuals said, well, well, how do you do that in a hyper-competitive workforce where everything's moving, you know, between, you know, five cents, you know, an hour and, you know, an extra day off and all that stuff? I, I'd kind of equate it to what you talked about earlier in the um, and I'm interested to hear how you see it from an, like your industry, but we have to do the hard work all like before you get into digging the foundation, like you said, and then finding that you have $50,000 of stuff underneath. You know, it's only when from the culture building perspective to me that we go and hire all the new workforce, the 1,500 we needed or the 25 that we needed, and then put them in, do we find out that we already had 50 that were leaving? So how are we proact like using that analogy? I, I I hear your services and and know that you know that proactive approach and always knowing the data that's there as we start and as you build over time is very important. So one thing I've looked at and I've talked with the with ownership about is you know we've got to plan a year out right. You just you got to be you got to look forward and know that people aren't going to stay around. We're in the time of day now in this environment where people are leaving over a couple dollars an hour, right? And it's just unfortunate, but it's the reality. So how are we doing that? What projects? So we're, we had a forecasting meeting in early January of what's the whole year going to look like? We've got to be ready for, you know, a specific project that's going to require five of our staff to be on that one project. Yeah. But then we also got to know that Matt's going to be bringing in new work with Mike and VPS and whoever. So we've got to have that staff to decide too. So it's a challenging, challenging time right now to find someone. So this will be a, a plug that if anyone has a 
senior geotechnical engineer sitting around. <laughs> Please send them my way because we need one of those. So yeah. we need a lot of people, right? But uh, it's just, it's tough. Um, it's, it's, it's an environment where, you know, I've taken some of the leadership on for trying to set up a marketing strategy to recruit people. And, you know, five years ago, people were knocking on the door to try and work for you. Now it's, yeah. we're going to have to knock on doors to find people. Well, well and it's that relationship. Yeah. Right. It's relationship with your employee because if they're leaving because for money, then you don't have a relationship right. there. Like they're just, oh, they're going to pay me more. Well, then you didn't have a relationship. You haven't built that because they're leaving you high and high and dry as most people would see it. You know, and I always say, well, that's our fault. You know, if they're leaving because of the culture, if they're leaving for you know, more money, if they're leaving for whatever, and they didn't come and say, hey, this is what I'm doing, but I really like working here. That's kind of on the owner's fault, mm -hmm. right? The people leading the practice that we didn't do enough for those employees to keep them engaged and keep them there. Um, but yeah, finding people is tough, like non-existent right yeah. now. They're, yeah, they're the, just not there. Yeah, the, you know, Matt's probably going, you know, I, what is a marketing guy sitting across the table from me talking about, like, work retention and people and <laughs> culture and all those things? But, you know, I've spent, True. you know, the last 20 years chasing the next big innovation, the next app, the whatever it is. Give me a social media campaign that has a click funnel that goes into my CRM, and then let's automate that through the pipeline, and we're going to increase, you know, sales you know, 30%. And then what we come to find out is we didn't even have the capacity to handle the yeah. in individuals that we have. So as David Ogilvie said, great marketing makes a bad product fell faster. And I've watched that malpractice happen over and over and over again. So when you say those people aren't out there, I always say that the, the greatest marketing team you have is every employee. And if they're not willing to take a picture and tell a story on social media or, you know, go to, you know, not a business meeting, but go to a meeting of the minds with partners and all those things and be there and be present and really, you know, this is who we are, then that culture hasn't made that turn yet. You know, because they are the best recruiters. Yeah. They are. I mean, they are your natural marketing. When pe when employees feel valued, appreciated, understood, know that you're living by your mission, vision, and, and values, core values, and that you have a plan to develop them over time. Man, they want everybody to come and see it. Mm -hmm. But as you know, you could you can have those nurturers and people in your organization that don't want to do that. Like they don't want to be out there. Yeah. They don't want to do all the. But they as long as they see value in it, then yes. everybody else doing it, you're not going to create this underlying negativity of, well, why do they get to go to that? Why do they get to do that? I want to do that. But when you ask that person, like, no, I don't want to do that. And then you're like, then why are you getting mad? Like, why are you getting upset? What's the real reason here? Do you think they're achieving something you're not? You think, like, you don't have to have an interest in it. You don't, we're not judging you on it. Just be supportive of it that's going on, right? That it's yeah. something we need to do to grow the business or just maintain the business, right? And keep a happy work culture. Yeah, it's, you know, you can be there 20 years and you could be doing an awesome job. And, you know, that 20th century leadership model of, you know, do as I say, not as I do. And, you know, hey, you know, hey, here's a book and, you know, go to this workshop and then bring it back and put it all down. That, you know, those individuals still see that 
that individual who's trying to lead through influence is a challenge. Like, hey, wait a minute, why are you, why are you challenging? Like, no, we need to have conversations about, hey, the reason why we're doing these things is we need more people to come in and fill these voids. And even, I mean, the best individuals to actually speak the company vision, mission, values, and to be able to walk into a room and to connect with the most people in the room are those quiet nurture <laughs> guardians that if they know all the systems processes and they believe in them and they know that relationships are real, they connect with like 72% of the room immediately just like that. Where unfortunately, as leadership goes, we typically put the extroverts out there and like, you know, us that are in the room, actually Mike and I are introverts, but we know the value of it. We have yeah, creative pioneers and then the guardian, but you know, we can go there for a little bit. But we know the value of that, but we have to know what that room wants, and we have to continuously ask. Well, and you know, it goes to that point is, there's two points here, that you should never be the smartest guy in the room, because if you are, you're in the wrong room. But it also, as a leader, you should be hiring people that offset your opportunities, right? So if you're not yeah. the guy or lady that wants to go out and be in that room, hire someone that does, right, that's, that's good at that stuff. So, um, yeah. yeah. And it can seem easy. I, I think when you're sitting in our office, sometimes it's like, oh, it can seem easy. Yeah. Like, I want to go to that dinner, and I want to network, and you're like, okay, here's your opportunity. Get get three business cards, get three kind right? And then all of a sudden, you show up there, and it's like, uh, yeah. what? Because a lot of people already know each other, right? Yeah. And they start breaking off into their groups sometimes. Sometimes they, it's an effort to get around and meet as That's many right. new people as you can. So it's not, it's still work, you know? Like, uh, some people don't think it's work they don't see it as work and it's like no it's work it guys it, you're still working and if you don't want to do that and have no interest don't don't do it but don't be negative about it so personally we talk about a lot because you mentioned being a banker mm -hmm. but i'm sure you have a lot of personal experiences that play into what you do and how you do it right and how does that influence you know how you're shaping what you do and connecting with people, your kind of personal background going through yeah. life, right? Yeah, so um, out of school, that's when I spent, you know, about 13 years in banking and finance. Um, you know, high energy guy, I'm expert. I want to get out and be in the community, do all these things. And then I get in the bank, like, dude, you're too loud. Like, calm down. Clients don't want you to do that, right? Like, and Mike's shaking his head, <laughs> yes, and so are you. It's like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, the, the stereotypical thing of walking yeah. to bank offices, it's a library, be really quiet and things. And, and you know, I'd have clients that didn't appreciate that. I'm like, guys, but it's me, right? I don't want to know anything but to be myself and be authentic, right? right? But so anyway, that journey lasted about 13 years and I started to realize, yeah, it's just not for me, right? I want to be out in the community. I want to be out building relationships. In the banking world, when you're inside of branch is more of people walking in rather than outgoing, uh, outgoing business development. It's more incoming, what's coming in. So I'm like, yeah, it was time to make a transition. I tried my stab at my own business. And that lasted about 18 months. And yeah, I like someone else's signature on the bottom right hand corner of that check. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. there's someone else, you know, I, I'm not saying that I'm not a hard worker. I work really, really hard. But when you have to start figuring out where you're taking this from to do this and do that, and it's like, that was a lot of, a lot of, uh, so, but I share that to say when you own your own business and Mike, you can both probably appreciate this. You're the CFO, the CEO, the business development person, you're all those things. Right. And I was a solo entrepreneur and I'm like, man, this sucks. Like I thought I was a really cool guy. Chief realized, everything officer. That's right. Yeah. 
I realized I wasn't as cool as I thought I was because I couldn't pick up the phone and just call people and say, hey, here's what I'm doing. Can you help me out? I didn't have that. So here's where the relationship journey ties into everything I've done over the last several years is I attended a building your personal brand and establishing a personal board of advisors workshop, right? Mm -hmm. And the thing that I took away from that, several pages of notes, the number one, that impact, that moment that changed my life was the last guy said this. He said, if you don't take any of the thing away from today, I leave you with this. You have 10 people in your network today that have access to the tools and resources to help if you lost everything. I said, dang, everything is your house, your car, everything, right? Your job. And I'm like, yeah. well, again, that's when I realized, humbly, I swallowed my pride. I said, I'm not cool, right? I'm not. I don't have that. I knew I didn't. So I, I pulled him to the side of the thing. I'm like, hey, dude, I need your help, man. Like, what do you mean? He said, Matt, resources is people. You've got to have access to people that have access to more people that can get you in the room, right? We talked about the room yeah. earlier. And when you've arrived, you're going to know what room you need to be in. And your and your connections, your network's going to know what room you need to be in. They're going to put you there. They're going to make those introductions. They're going to help you get there. Cool. Okay, so you speak of life experiences, right? So I wasn't always, believe it or not, I wasn't this always this extroverted, outgoing guy that could just shine <laughs> in the room. I was intimidated sometimes walking into those things. So I told him, I'm like, okay, so how do I do that? Like, how do I build a network? He said, well, what's your role now? I'm a sales guy by nature, right? Well, what happens when you prospect a client? There's only three opportunities. There's only three things that happen. Either you're told no, you're completely ghosted, or they're like, yeah, I'll grab coffee or I'll grab 30 minutes on a Zoom call. And then, okay, cool, I can do that. And then the last thing you left me with, which is the thing that I'm, I've am i taken a lot of pride in about around, around building my personal brand is he said, Matt, you have to be authentic. People can read through somebody that's not, but be different in your approach. Yeah. You've got to stand out from your competition, but you've got to be real. You have to. Yeah. So I did this thing that I think Mike can appreciate. He's probably seen a few of them. And I, I now do, I share stories through taking selfies, right? Like, and that's what I do. And I post it and I share it and, and it's worked, right? It's helped me build a really good solid brand that's transla translated to now people being able to associate AP Engineering Consulting with Matt Hadley and putting it together, right? And here we are, like I, I started earlier, two years later, and I feel pretty good now in a humble way of saying that I've got some pretty good, an incredible network of people and a great n network of connections that can help me get the dots connected on certain projects and things. And I alluded to earlier, you know, we've worked with VPS now. That's worked three hours away. Yeah. But we've still made it happen. We made stuff work. Uh, we've had cam we had cam conversations about what it needed to look like, all of those things, right? And uh, so that's kind of my journey of how I've tied it all together and experiences that five years ago, I thought I was the cool guy and I wasn't. I didn't have relationships. Now, yeah. I my way of giving back and serving others is saying, yeah, I can find a way to help somehow, some way, whether it's introduce you to Mike Davis or it's it's whatever that looks like because I worked really, really hard to build a brand and realize the value of relationships. And yeah. in my opinion, the only thing, in Matt Hadley's opinion, what matters is how you're helping people, what you're doing to serve others, and then establishing a good brand and relationships. So yeah. in today's sales cycle and business cycle and all those, you know, I, coming from digital and, and following new business development and, and knowing what that looks like. How is the digital age, you talked about a positive of being able to take selfies and express that, but I also see on the other side that, you know, people have CRM tools and you have 22 reports and, you know, how you go and, and look through all that. How is digital changing the way that 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 experience happens 
So to me, it, it makes it a lot easier. I'm uh, it, it, Organization was not always one of my strongest skills, right? And my CRM does a great job of, I get pop-ups every day on my phone that say, hey, here's your task for the day. You need to make sure you do these, right? Mm-hmm. Whoever created CRMs is a, is a genius, and I'm sure everyone says that because it, it helps you re- literally, it helps me anyway, manage and plan out my day every single day, right? And I can send everything I need to send out of my CRM. I can do all of those things. And it ties back if I have a meeting with Mike and I put notes in it, it's going to keep that for me forever now right yeah and then it's also going to give me the opportunity to say hey you got to follow up with mike davis in two months it's going to pop up on my calendar and all i gotta do is go back through the notes and remember that's who i need to talk to and that's what we need to talk about all of those things and it all ties in with you know digital you speak of digital and social media in my opinion linkedin is a very 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 valuable tool right no matter if it, it used to be everybody said well linkedin's only to get a job i a thousand percent disagree with that right I, I think it's a very good way to build a brand and if you do it right and you do it correctly and put your own spin on that it's a, it's an incredible way to to get your name out there to, to get people to notice you to do you know all those have i've i've actually made a few connections from linkedin that have led to business opportunities so it's it's a great way to do that wonderful it is Maybe we'll get in one of those pictures. Yeah, probably maybe. today. Yeah, that be right? out. Yeah. Maybe today. I've known you for how long? I, <laughs> yeah. I think I had to photobomb you, you on you to get in one photo, picture. You photobombed one when we were up in Indianapolis. Man, yes, come did. on. So I had to give him a hard time. So that's. <laughs> so we've talked about the word experience and brand. And what does the word experience mean to you? I, it, it means a lot, but right, I think the experience all ties back to. Um, and experiences, uh, and that's a tough question. I knew it was coming, so I should have been more prepared. But experience to me means what you're leaving behind with someone else, right? Maybe leaving a legacy, right? And experience means are you, it's the Maya Angelou quote, people may not remember what you say, they may not remember what you do, but they're going to remember how you made them feel, right? And I think the experience is how you make someone feel. Actually, I know, I'm not going to say I think, I, I know that that's what, in my opinion, an experience is, is how do I make someone feel every time we have a conversation, right? And again, it goes back to not everyone's going to like me, and that's that's okay. Um, I worked really hard in 2020 and 2021 to, to do what I've done. And understand, I and I was very critical of myself. Like, man, why isn't this person responding? Well, again, not everyone's not everyone's on that connect. Not everyone has the same connectivity, right? And it doesn't mean I'm a bad person, but I know if we're all doing the same mission of trying to help other people and and giving back to the community and truly adding value to every every person's life that you come in contact with, then you're doing the right mission. So, experience to me is the feeling you le- you leave someone with um, after you after you've had a conversation. Nice. Authentic. Yeah. That's the word. Because, yeah, especially in our world. I mean, I think when people aren't authentic, it just it exudes. Like yeah. they're trying to be something they're not. They're trying to sell you something they're yeah. not, that they don't really do. And it's all, you know, they're chasing the buzzwords. And it's mm-hmm. like, just be yourself. That's like, right. Come on. Yeah. And that's what we want, right? Like I'm right. sure in your position as an owner of a company, you don't want someone to come in here and immediately drop throw up on you right like that's what i call it sales puke right <laughs> yeah. sales puke don't sales puke right. me let's talk let's learn about each other and here we are probably a year later now mike and we're down here hanging out and we're doing all these other things to me that makes me feel good because that means i've done it the right way right yeah. instead of immediately saying hey this is what we do i'm sure you have competitors of mine that you use this is why you need to use it that that it's not a warm and fuzzy feeling right it's it's not it's it's we now know details about each other personally that help with business well yeah and everybody even our consultants and clients right they want to be able to pick up the phone and say you no know, hopefully not but 
this is wrong, or guys, I need you to do this, or do you do this, or whatever, and we can have an honest conversation where it's back and forth of, no, we don't do that. Hey, I'll take care of it. Don't worry. You know, whatever it is, uh, and you don't want to have a relationship where it's like, all of a sudden they're gone, right? Yeah. Or they're upset with you, but they won't give you that feedback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're like, just give me the feedback. Well, let's let's be honest right now. And remember, we you were up in Indy one time, and we over-promised something, and you had to uh, just be in Canada right now, live TV or whatever we're on, and mm-hmm. Mike and I had an honest conversation, but we fixed it immediately, right? I mean, we did. It is, and that's where a relationship comes into where you're not just picking up a phone and cold calling somebody and saying, Hey, ABC, like, what's going on here? Like, you yeah. guys said you were going to do this and you didn't. You're able to actually talk to a human that you know that you can interact with and have an honest, to your point, honest conversation. And because we're all human, right? We do make mistakes, regardless of what anyone says. In any industry you're in, there's going to be mistakes that happen. But how you fix them and how you come to a resolution is what matters. Yeah, because at the end of the day, our world, architects, engineers, our consultants, it's all problem solving. Yeah. Everything is problem solving, whether it's Hey, we did the greatest design ever. We still solved a problem, mm-hmm. right? But when something comes up in the field, we're solving a problem. It's not, we don't look at, we can't look at it as, oh, no, not my problem. That's right. That's the not the people I want to work with, nor do you guys, right? right. You want to be able to sit down, have those open conversations and solve the problem for the client, make the best of it. In providing the value and yeah. know that, you know, you're self-confident enough and authentic enough to, even if it's your, you say, hey, no, we don't do this, but I'm going to give you this connection. They are a competitor in some sorts. You may experience this, but this is how we're going to be able to tackle that. We know that right. they are competent in that. I'm doing it to save this relationship. That's right. And knowing that you're still provi- over-providing you know, in in that side of the, the business. Well, that's where that comes back, right? So you, I'm, not in a, I'm not in business myself to do a one and done, right? It's about a lifelong relationship. So if you do something to your point is then Mike's going to remember, oh yeah, so Matt helped me this time, even though they didn't, they lost the whole entire project, but he made a recommendation <laughs> to someone else. Like, yes, that's a true dude that I need to work with. So. Yeah. Yeah. So as we look at that connection, I'm going to borrow one of Mike's questions. Like, you know, yeah, I, I, he figured out how to tie it in. Go ahead. Huh? Yeah, no. I, like, how much does this space, the physical space, tie into the experience that you're trying to build? So, you know, if, if it's designed well, if it, if it, like, is it, is it part of that? that model you know mike and i started this because we were talking about marketing uh and we're talking about how we build the brands and what that workflow looks like and how we build it and all those things and then you know how much does the physical space really play into the overall does it work is it authentic um how would you describe that that equation between physical space and connectivity to purpose uh, that's a tough question. So you're you're talking an actual. You're, you're saying you finish, walk into yeah, yeah you walk into the finished yeah. product that you know we said was going to be part of our brand yeah. and what people see out there. You know sometimes we we design. You know unfortunately individuals want this home that they saw and yeah. you know better homes and garden or they saw this office and entrepreneur magazine and I want these cubicles and I want this thing and I want this yeah. You know, I see that and I accidentally want it because that's perception of of success without leading into have I really 
talk to my people and what would would that do so how does the physical tie into that overall so here's how that will right we'll walk into there's a building downtown indianapolis once that we walked into right and you could see cracks in the in the in the corners right and things of that nature which means yeah that building was old and it's been sitting for a while but somewhere along the line part of our service line that we offer geotechnical engineering is the soil borings they're going to tell you is what you're building on are you going to get or here's another example too to put it to life have you ever seen a building that maybe one side is a slightly higher than the other right if we're delivering on an experience or the connection of what we say we're going to do that shouldn't happen in a finished product right i mean is everything going to settle of course it is if you're doing the and i hope i'm answering the question correctly and tying it together but if the physical structure that's completed off of the experience that i've said you're going to we're going to provide to you you shouldn't notice immediate there shouldn't be any immediate notice notice or indications or signs that structurally the the building didn't come out the way it should have or that there's cracks in the corners that's the that's the one that i think of the most is when you either see like cracks in the pavement on the sidewalk uh, yeah. concrete all of those things are services all of that encompasses things that we can help the architect and the engineers plan for and design that that stuff should not happen when it gets completed are there projects that happen? Uh, yeah, I'm sure there maybe are. Um, have I seen it when I walk into physical spaces? Yeah. Are they older? Yeah. That, you know, but so that hopefully is answering the question and tying all together is if that I'm telling you that this is how we're going to deliver the experience, you shouldn't see any of those physical signs of, of something opposite of what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, I always see it as value add, right? The value add is that you're not going to say, yeah, you could probably do that. Yeah, it's right. like no, no, you either can or you can't. It's pretty always pretty simple, uh, but I think when you cut corners, let's say so to speak, then it's always going to come back to bite you. And you got to have those relationships to know that no, I trust these guys. We can't do that. That's right. Can't do what they're saying. Yeah, in commercial development, in any industry, <laughs> I, I, cutting corners is never good. Specifically, when you're building multi-million-dollar structures, <laughs> yeah. it can be very, very bad for on multiple levels from everyone, right? And yeah, that's so. That's a great way to bring it home. Is there is no cutting corners when you're building multi-million-dollar projects. So as we we kind of transition into Sean brought up the physical space, but we talked about technology as well. So what's what's something you use every day in your world? Because you talk about CRM, mm -hmm. but what's something else you use every day that's just well designed or well that we that I use yeah. personally, um, other than the CRM, um, technology-wise, what I I mean I I'm a very advocate. I use my cell phone quite a bit, right? Yeah. Whether it be taking the pictures or it be staying. Here's another good example, right? When cell phones first came out, you couldn't get your email to transition from your home email to your <laughs> cell phone. Yeah. Now that can be disastrous on two ends, right? I can be sitting in a meeting and like. Oh, guys, sorry, I got to jump up. And, but yeah. it's also a very good thing, though, because as we're driving home three hours a day to Evansville, I'm going to need to be able to see what's coming through. And that gives me a chance to be able to follow up on clients instead of waiting a whole other business day to follow up on something. That's, so the, I would say that's a very uh, good use of technology. Again, it can be a bad situation, but in the right time, in the right place, being able to have access quickly to email on your cell phone has been a, has been a huge win. Yeah, definitely. So... In physical spaces, what place, uh, what location, what building, venue, whatever, has uh, made you emotional? Like, what is that? What is that space? 
This building's really cool, actually. We walked in here yesterday. I mean, seriously, we're amazed. Up on the fourth floor where Mike's office is, is the marble and thing. We're just amazing. I know the owners when they're up there, too. It was it was actually, it's really cool. I'm not an architect, so I don't have as much of appreciation as they, as they do, probably. But, yeah. I mean, the comment was made, like, hey, if we chisel some of this off and just borrow from your <laughs> office, we can probably go make a lot of money from this stuff, you know? So that's really, really cool, right, that you can – and did I have an appreciation for something like that, you know, five years ago before I got in this? Probably not, you know, and there's some – there's a lot of really cool buildings downtown Evansville, right? And we were talking about some yesterday. Is like historical buildings have extreme value, and they, but they also have the point where you can't redesign a lot of stuff based on the yeah. fact that they're a historical building. Um, you know, Indianapolis and Evansville, it, it seems like it's the, the things and that you can do that you can get permits for, the designs that you can do are drastically different. So there's a good appreciation for some of the older structures down here for sure. Well, there you go, right in the yeah, corner. Yeah. That's the one that came down. You were asking. Oh, about yeah. It. That's what it looked like. That's what okay. It looked like. Yeah. Before it came yeah, tumbling down. Yeah, we need to down. take that and do some uh, <laughs> artwork. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mike's an architect. We'll, get a, little, can, we'll he, get a little tape and cut it out. <laughs> well, yeah. I told him we needed a little dash red line around it, and then we just put demoed. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. that way people know it's gone, you yeah. know. So yeah. making up a whole new. I mean, this Ain't building is really cool, you know, and I, last night after we left here, I had to, pre I mean, it's a whole city block, right? Like, it's it's really cool. It's a historic building. I mean. Yeah, and we, you know, I think there's just different, when it comes to historic preservation, I'm getting my soapbox. I just think there's, there's only two ways you can go. And one is the traditional way where everything's got to be what it was and blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't fall into that camp. I think. You design it, redesign it, reutilize it with the appreciation of what it was and show that appreciation. Get new energy efficient windows, get new whatever. Like, don't be held to this standard that you can't make it energy efficient because it's got to be the original wood windows. And I know some people are like that, and I know some people, and that's great to be like that, but I think at some point it's better to reuse it. Yeah. Uh, you know, and 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 stick with the history and the flavor, but it all can be brand new. You know, it can be modernized. And, yeah. and to your point about reusing, reuse what you can in there, but get you know, salvage everything. You, there's ways of doing it, but it doesn't have to be what it was in 1914. Yeah, right. Fifty-five minutes in, we start to finally wrap up the and start asking some of the final questions here. Um, play the uh, pod decks game here mm. with the interview question that no one knows about until they walk <laughs> okay. in that Mike likes here. I'm going to pass that on to you there, sir. Right. Um, you know, the question I like to ask is, you know, what brand, person, um, product, who has the most authentic consumer experience today? Who's doing it right? Chick-fil-A. Okay. Yeah. 100%. So, and I'll, and I'll say, and you right agree 100%. Yeah. 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 And I asked everyone, there was some, sometimes people say, well, why is that? I, I would ask you, why, why do you think that? You know, it, why is that? There's one thing they say you can guarantee that's going to be said to you every single time after you complete your order. Um, do you know what that, you, what is that? Um, what oh, is man, it? You haven't been to Chick-fil-A in a while. You know <laughs> what it is, Mike? I know what it is. It's the, I can't even say it right now. Yeah. My pleasure. My pleasure. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's every time, right? But they've built their brand, their model around that, right? Yeah. Like when I was in banking, one of the things we tried to emulate, there, there's two brands. I won't name the one we didn't want to emulate just for <laughs> my, for Matt Hadley branding publicity <laughs> sakes. But the brand that we did try to emulate was Chick-fil-A, right? Like they do it fantastically. 
that place, every Chick-fil-A I've ever been to has a line around the building every single time. They have double drive-thrus, but yeah. you get your food in probably five minutes maybe. Yeah. And it's without a shadow of a doubt, it's gonna be my pleasure, all of those things. Please, and it's like thank you. it's yeah, it's embedded in their DNA, right? Yeah. So that that would be my answer to that. Yeah, and even when I walk uh, or drive up and roll down my window and I just get to write what I want, I'm sorry, may I please ask your name? And then I immediately have to go, all right, rewind, you know, reverse, look at their name tag, I apologize, Sean, and then go into, yeah, I think I'm going to go with this today. And I'm like, I apologize, my pleasure. Yeah. Yeah, because, I I mean, a lot of people – because they'll say, what's the big deal? It's not, I don't like their food that much or something like that. Yeah. It's like, well, that's not, that's not it. Yeah. Right. Anybody can do chicken sandwiches and fries. Yeah. I think they all do, but what's the experience when you. That's exactly what I was going to say. We spent a lot there. of time today talking about experience. And yeah. Chick-fil-A, hands down. I mean, hands down. If every company and brand could, could mimic chick-fil-a this would be a great world for sure so. i find it funny that they all are trying to emulate the chicken sandwich yeah. like every brand out there that is a fast food has some kind of like chicken sandwich that they're going after but they've missed the other part or they're remodeling and yeah oh we're gonna be modern look oh, and then you're like yeah but the food's still the same the food's still <laughs> or the experience still is, is still, still the, the same. same that's right yeah. Yeah. We're throwing it out quickly. It doesn't look like what's on the, whatever it is. Yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely that. Um, it's been funny to watch that over the last four or five years to see. Well, everybody has their own version of the chicken sandwich and everybody's trying to throw them out the window, but they're still trying to throw it out the window. That's right. Well, and again, to tie this all together, again, back to the experience, right? I have competitors that we all have the same product and service line. What's the experience going to be? That's that in the industry should be a huge part of a decision made sure. when you hire a consultant, when you hire a client, when you hire a prospect, any of that, the experience you're going to receive has to be ranked in the top, top of your priorities, right? Yeah. Um, you know, yes, quality of product is definitely important also, but the experience is, is very valuable as well. Because I can honestly say, because we do go there, but I can honestly say I don't remember a time I ever got the order wrong. I agree. 100%. With all those orders. Mm-hmm. Can't recall one time where it was like, they didn't put fries in here or they gave me the wrong sandwich. Yeah. And, they, and they've done it. They've got it down to a science, right? So it's like, we know there, with them proving it, every other restaurant can do that as well. Yeah. Everyone can do that. Last question. What's the one thing on your list that you're looking forward to in 2022 to experience? travel again right like there's going out of the country you can't that it was on you could go out of the country then you can't i just mm-hmm. talking to somebody we were talking last night someone that had dominican republic on their list of things to do and they can't go you know i think now it's back shut off again who knows right but right. being able to travel outside of the country again will be great you know and and um i'm hoping to be able to add that to my list this year to be able to do that um i haven't gotten out of the country a whole lot anyway in my life but it would be awesome to be able to do that and not have a reason being that, oh, you can't do it because of travel sakes, at least being able to have the option to do that now will be good. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go to the the question of the day. Pod decks. Pod decks. It's just an interview deck. You pull out a card, answer the question. They're not tough questions. Okay. Uh, they can be all varying. What some we found, some can get deep. deep. Yeah. Some, yeah. yeah, some can get deep. Some can stay. Do you want me to read this? What you I, read what it I and pick? answer it. All right, I picked, which words or phrases do you most overuse? 
Um, um is one. I just <laughs> said it, right? And probably, um, do you understand, right? Like, I've, I've learned that, like, now I'm, when you, when we as people say that, like, um, now I've just made them, I'm making them challenge their intelligence, maybe, or they didn't know, you know? So those are probably two words or phrases that I overuse quite a bit that, uh, you know, personal reflection time, I need to make sure that I'm getting rid of those because um is a pause word, but it's a yeah. gap filler, right? Yeah. It's not a good gap filler for sure. So, Sometimes. yep. Like it. All right. Well, as we conclude the App 530 on Main podcast brought to you by VPS Architecture and Extend Group with my co-host over there, Mike Davis, um, here at 530 Main Street, Evansville, Indiana. How does this listening base of hundreds of thousands of tens, don't know what the real number is <laughs> right this moment of F530 on main listeners, but tell us uh, how they connect with you, Matt, and AP Engineering and Consulting. Yep, so I'll start with AP Engineering and Consulting first. We're at www.apecindy.com. We're also on LinkedIn as well uh, under AP Engineering Consulting. And then personally, uh, you'll find me most active, as I mentioned earlier, on LinkedIn. Uh, Matt Hadley, look me up there. Uh, I'd be happy. I'm a firm believer in, you know what, I, I'd love to share stories, see if we can't find ways to help each other out, right? That's what life's about. So send me a connection. Send me a message. Uh, love to swap stories with no agendas attached other than just trying to find ways to help each other out. Very good. Yeah, the uh, App 530 on main podcast is featured on vpsarcextendgroup.com. There's two big icons on both those sites uh, that'll get you to, you know, I, uh, pot, Apple Podcast, uh, Google Play, whatever uh, platform. I think we're on like eight or nine, maybe ten streaming uh, services now. So that's all good. I think Spotify is in there now. So once again, like, share, comment. Go to our websites and recommend an individual who needs to be on the podcast next. We have several individuals who have come from the website um, contact forms now that are going to be on future versions of App 530 on Main. So uh, the message is getting out there. People are uh, asking to be a part of it. It's very uh, uh, fulfilling for us to have those conversations and continue on uh, as we get into 2022. So. Um, as we wrap this app 530 on main brought to you by VPS architecture and extend group, Matt, thank you so much for spending yep. an hour with us and the listeners here. Mike is always, um, talk to you, uh, shortly on, yeah. on what's next and what we have to do today. Say thank, thank you. Safe yeah. travels. Yes, and, for sure. uh, first stop off at Bloomington. That's so right. IU hopefully, Purdue hopefully, tonight, uh, so. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. Well, once again, everyone, thank you for joining us on At 530 on Main. Until next time. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of At 530 on Main, hosted by Sean Collins and Mike Davis. Please leave us a review and share your thoughts on today's episode. Let us know how you've been inspired or what you would like to hear on future episodes. And if you've enjoyed the conversation, help us spread the word. Share us on your social channels. Message a friend. Rate the podcast. Without you, this experience would not be possible.